it's actually so good. I'm surprised Hollywood hasn't tried to copy it in any which way, which isn't an invitation for them to do so because I know they'll do it. loud god damn <laughs> hello lovers and welcome to yet another episode of the most romantic podcast in the country by default starring cupid the podcast where i discuss relationships from movies and television shows because why not it is your boy zamaradex nothing more nothing less from the east not the west love is snucks wow that doesn't I think that's the first miss that I've ever had in the history of that show. I didn't, I didn't sound out that one. Anyway, it's so lovely to be back with you again, as it always is, week in and week out when I'm on top of things. How are you doing, lovers? How are you? How are you feeling? How is? How has the week been treating you? I feel like this week didn't exist. I can't, I can't believe that days happened because I can't recall a single thing on my side. I'm, I'm grappling at the strings, you know, I'm just trying to tie my life together. Um, all good things though, I promise. I hope all your individual weeks were great. I hope they were wonderful and successful, you know, because that's that's the important thing that's what i want for all of you i want nothing but happiness success and reaching your dreams and while we wait for all those things to happen we are here once again to talk about the thing that we always talk about fictional couples or just couples if you read in between the lines and today we've got a special one i know i say this every single week and i'm sure there's weeks sometimes when you guys are like this is a lies i'm up but listen today's a special one another one from the kind of the original wish list i've had this as a possible subject for over a year and that's why i think i'm excited to finally get to it i'm not so sure though that it's going to be a popular one like I can't assume that everyone has seen this but I also can't assume that you guys haven't seen it because y'all have taste I've seen from social media y'all have taste so yeah this this might be the episode that's kind of like a hidden gem maybe it encourage you, encourages you guys to watch it I hope it does I really forget all the other sh- shows and movies that I've promoted on here I hope you watch this one. I'm speaking about none other than the lovely Mrs. Chan and Mr. Chow from the romantic drama that is In the Mood for Love. This this one is particularly special because the term romantic, if you can imagine the air quotes around it, Romantic is doing a lot of heavy lifting in this title because um, 
this isn't the kind of movie you come out of at the end kind of believing or having a refreshed faith in the compelling power of romantic love it's not it's not one of those feel-good ones if anything you will leave frustrated yet mesmerized at how great it is as like a story or like as a film itself but frustrated nonetheless i wanted to talk about them because i feel like one i've never really covered foreign language films on the podcast yet i say yet because there will obviously be more because the world the cinematic world at least is way more than our local movies and what's made in america believe me and the other reason is that it i feel like it has a unique setup in terms of like the concept and what it's about and it ends up saying a lot about relationships and how people can deal with new feelings or like how people cannot deal in so to speak with the fact that emotions and feelings develop all the time or they fall apart all the time you just there's lots of denial in this story there's also lots of anti-marriage pr in this movie which i'm always always here for anti-marriage content um but let me not speak too much uh, otherwise i risk spoiling my own episode before it even begins we're going to get into the meat of this film right after we quickly gloss over the production the things that went into making it is what it is and trust me we need to talk about the production because dang what a picture so let's get into it this is mrs chan and mr chow this movie was directed and partially written by wang karwai in 2000 the year 2000 he has worked on films such as chunking express happy together 2046 days of being wild and eros and just lots and lots of things i have managed to in the short time that i have to prepare for this and also just in my life i've managed to watch two and a half of these films outside of the subject of course and i think that was enough for me i've decided that he's good i've i would dare to say that he's actually great there's just there's something about the movies that he's made thus far like the ones that i saw they they have a slow but steady pacing and they're very character focused so things are happening around them and whatever and you don't really care because you're worried about these people and what's happening in these people's lives and it's not too many people to worry about most at most you're focusing on two people at a time i know in my movie it's two people but two different couples but like in different halves of the movie which is very interesting and very good anyway um yes in the move for love is one of the few films where he doesn't have that signature thing with the 
characters narrating their own story. Like, there's no narration at all now that I think about it. No one, the words that we hear are just from people speaking. And I'm kind of glad that he skipped that part of his trademark because it works so wonderfully here. I mean, not to say that the personal narration doesn't work in the other movies. It's cool, it's great. But here, it's just, it's just vibes. Like you, you have to figure out what's going on between these two people at all times. And sometimes you don't understand and you think that's a bad thing. But you realize at the end that there's a reason why you don't understand. And thus, his method works. I'm, yeah, the point of this is his method works. He's a really fantastic storyteller. Kudos to him. When writing the script... Wong worked closely with the lead actors on their personal, well not personal, but their dialogue or their parts on what the, the actions that followed next, which is also a parody, I think he does, where he just changes scripts sometimes. And I kind of like how they, they did, how they did this because it worked really well i i said in the episode about the before trilogy because the same thing happened with them it it just obviously i wouldn't know because i don't have a version where they don't do this but it helps when the actors are involved i don't know the percentage or like the limits to which they were involved but any level of involvement especially in terms of what they were going to say or going to do is always a good thing in the end and I'm glad they were in it. The dialogue between these two these two people is usually very sometimes it's like normal conversation that they're having and then there's parts where they're having made up conversation because and I'll explain later why. But they have profound moments and kind of profound conversations and those moments are very moving because of what they're saying and also like the, the trouble around them and so yes great stuff there's a lot of pain and love in this and it's nice to hear about it through writing more than always just showing us you know you know love that stuff <laughs> behind the wonderful cinematography we have christopher doyle alongside Yang. Kwan and Peng Bin Lee, who have worked with um, the director on multiple projects before. I think, I think Doyle was also involved in um, Chungking Express, which I watched recently. Which actually, they both they, these two movies had different styles of cinematography, but at the same time, both were good for what they were achieving. And, an, uh, and for In the Mood for Love, I think it was very beautiful. He, I think he did beautiful work here because there are so many lovely, lovely frames in this movie. So, so beautiful. It's aesthetically gorgeous. It's really just wonderful to look at. But it goes beyond it looking beautiful. It serves a purpose. It serves... A greater purpose to the story through these visuals I don't know if you guys will get this if you haven't seen it but for those of you who have oh, I'll, there's actually a um, lovely video I'll try and clip it from YouTube 
where they they show you the frames that they want you to focus on and they explain what I'm about to say in very, very, very average English. They have this thing and they have these shots where when you're focused on um, Mrs. Chan and Mr. Chow, but if from where the camera is or like the things that are kind of in front of them or standing between them, it feels like we as the audience are spying on them. Like the whole time, it kind of, at some point it gets uncomfortable because it's like, I am, am I meant to be seeing this? Am I meant to be here? It's It's got that peeping Tom element and it makes sense because this is a story about a fake, in inverted commas, affair. So you understand why there's the secrecy of it all. And you understand because of what they're saying and what they're talking about that there's the secrecy of the, of the matter. But few filmmakers would take that concept or take that message into the camera as well and just like beyond writing it into the story or having it in the actions. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they rarely take the camera into it or they already see a camera as what is our audience going to see and what what do we want them to know with this information again i'm talking like i could do better but i will expand on this point later on you know in my favorite section for now i have to move on because i want to send a massive huge just appreciative shout out to William Chang, who was behind the costumes for this movie. <sighs> wow, the dresses that the women wear are gorgeous, with a capital, gorgeous. So pretty, so beautiful. For those of you that don't know, this movie was set in the 1960s, I think. When we meet Mrs. Chang, it is 1962. Yes, which means something significantly politically and historically, but this ain't that kind of podcast. And I didn't think you guys would care, so I ignored that part. But it's the 60s. And um, I don't know much about what was fashionable in 1960s China. But whatever, if if that is what they were wearing, they really killed it for this movie because this is fantastic. It'll be so great. Mrs. Chan's dresses, as a person, she was look, she always looked very sad and very like miserable half the time. Granted, the situation that was happening fair, but she never looked bad. You know what I mean? Like things were bad for her. But her fits, just amazing. Her hair was always in this, like, apparently it took nine hours, I think. Or did they say six? It took some time to do hair and makeup for um, the actress that played her. She never looked bad. And that's great. Costuming is amazing. I love period dramas that with appropriate or like accurate costuming that looks like it would still look as fantastic if you like stuck her in the in this current era as well so chef's kiss just 
onto the cast. As our gorgeous, mesmerizing lead, we have Maggie Chung as Suli Zen, aka Mrs. Chan. Yeah. <laughs> what a beautiful woman. Just yo, dog. <laughs> I remember when I first saw this, I was just mesmerized, and then I was rewatching it. The first, okay, the first time I watched this movie was I was in Matric, which was a year that I'm not gonna disclose, which was a long time ago. And then I rewatched it recently so that I could prepare for this, and I realized that Maggie Chung resembles and reminds me of Gemma Chan, you know, from Crazy Rich Asians and the Immortals. That woman, that beautiful woman. Like, wow, they. They don't necessarily look the same in face, but they have that aura. They have the same thing going on. Maybe it's specifically how Gemma Chan portrayed Astrid in Crazy Rotations, but these are these are the same people. And it's it's funny because I love Gemma Chan so much. So why would I not also love this woman? But back to her, back to her career and her credentials. She's been in films such as Hero, Clean, 2046, Days of Being Wild, and much, much more. But no, no one holds a candle to Mrs. Chan in this movie. She's just, again, fantastic. So, 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 so good. Her sadness became my sadness. Like I was not invested in this emotionally. Oh, well, I was because I was watching it, but they they convinced me in their performances, and yeah, they were just great. Great, 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 great. I was ready to fight her husband on her behalf just because of how good she was doing, and she decided to pick a more peaceful route than I would, and that's great for her. I'm a revenge person personally, but that's cool for her. Accompanying her as our male lead we have Tony Chiwai Liang as Chao Mowan aka Mr. Chao. Wonderful thespian. Just wonderful. He has been in movies such as Happy Together, Chongqing Express, Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings and the list is ridiculously long it goes on and he's worked with Wong often both both actors have actually worked with Wong quite often but yeah he he's he's a very charismatic actor and he seems to be booked and busy every time I when I was going through his list he's a very booked and busy man I I love him I love his work I plan to watch um, Shang-Chi sometime next week and I was already pre-excited as just like a Marvel stand and then I was double excited about like all the people that I was seeing uh, excluding Aquafina but when I realized that he was in it I got like thrice as excited but yes these actors they're really great I really loved the chemistry between them even though like by I guess Hollywood standards they weren't doing much I 
I liked them, liked them together. If you liked them as much as I did and you want to see more of them after this, they make appearances in the movie 2046, which uh, it'd be very, very wrong to call it a sequel, but it feels like an alternate universe where the story takes different turns. I'm not going to... I'm not going to say what the turns are because then I would spoil this episode and also I haven't finished it so I don't know the full extent of which like how different it is from what happens here but that's exactly what I'm going to do after this episode is done and dusted. Fun fact though, I don't know our main character's first names because again I watched this, the first time I watched this, long time ago, Matric. And then, until recently, when I was doing research for this episode, I didn't know what their names were. It was always Mrs. Chan and Mr. Chow. Because, also, in the movie, no one calls them by their first names. Not once. I checked this time. Everyone always refers to them by title and surname only. I think, in the first scene when we meet Mrs. Chan, the, the landlady that she's about to rent from asks her what's her name. And she's like, oh, my husband's surname is Chan. And I was like, okay, first of all, that's not the answer. But hey, it's the 60s, so I understand. But from then onwards, no one really refers to them by name. Even when even when um, Chow was talking to his friend at work, I don't think anyone ever calls them by name. Hmm, I wonder. I should have I dug through this. Yeah. Yeah, even when they speak to their spouses, no one says it. But that's not important anymore. Honorable mentions, we have Rebecca Pan as Mrs. Xian, who is Mrs. Chan and Mr. Chow's, well, she's actually Mrs. Chan's landlady, but Mr. Chow lives next door, so they interact as well. She was great. She was wonderful here. Um, she had a few moments because, like, again, this is very main character-focused kind of stories. She's a side. She has some influence um near the end which it's it's funny because she was giving off so much warm energy during the beginning parts and even near the end and then there's just one moment where she starts to become an op because she's lecture like she's lecturing mrs chan about being a good wife and all that dumb stuff and i was like she's she's being annoying like there's no need for that lecture but anyway any other time of the story i liked her and she was cool also i really appreciated having someone whose body closely resembled mine in all those lovely dresses that i was talking about the and the style in which that they wear them no no like no one else <laughs> everyone else looks everyone else looks like a size 26 and you know what that's okay <laughs> but it was nice it was nice to see what they would look like if i had to get them um, damn. We also have Si Ping Lam as Ping, Mr. Chow's, I want to say work friend, but they seem to just be like proper, proper friendship vibes. And then he just happens to go and see Chow at work. He was cool. He really serves well as the foolish best friend character that we're always used to in these kinds of movies. He shows up four or five times and each time it's really just 
foolish best friend content and that was okay because this wasn't about him and it didn't have to expand upon him but he was always he was a refreshing presence and for that i am grateful the plot if you have never seen this film i i highly 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 recommend it i cannot recommend it higher than three highlies it was suggested to me it was first suggested to me by my big brother which is why i was like 18 watching this and i had no idea what it was about or how it would go i just like i just had faith in his choices i had no idea it would get so sad i did not foresee tragedy i just <sighs> shocked me but it's just so so wonderful and it's a beautiful intro if you if you require an intro it's a beautiful intro to foreign films and just how wonderful they can be and it it's on its own is a great story tragic but it's a great story if you are those people those few people that don't like foreign language films because of like all the reading or whatever there's nothing I can do for you. There's nothing I can say to convince you. And honestly, I don't know if I want to save you. You're just, you're missing out on your own. It's, if you have, if you have seen it and you can't recall what happens because it's been a while, which happens. No stress, no problem. I've got you. Oh, my back actually cracked. That was not what I was meant to do. Two neighbors grow closer after coming to the realization that their spouses are cheating on them with their respective spouses. I'm still not sure if that is good English or even a good way to explain it, but fuck it. So they try to recreate the affair to see how this happened. Trouble looms when feelings begin to bloom. The rest of what happens, you just have to figure out on your own. Or you have to watch it. You have to watch it. I promise you, watch it. That's great. Like I said, I think this is a interesting concept. I think it is a nice story to look at. Especially considering the way this bond between these two people forms like on what the what the foundation of their relationship is and what it turns into or doesn't turn into again tragic story there will be spoilers along the way because really 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 can't discuss things without talking about what happens in the things you know what i mean so let's not waste another second here they are mrs chan and mr chow calling these two people a couple it it is both misleading yet accurate out of context if you were some omnipresent figure that somehow missed how this started you would see it and you'd kind of think okay 
they make sense. This is this is cool. They get along. They they enjoy each other's company. They quite clearly care about one another. Why am I saying omnipresent figure like some god? If you if you are watching this in a cinema but you had missed for some odd reason, you'd missed the first 10, 15 minutes, that's where your head would be from what you from what we get. Then you kind of get the full context the more you watch or the more you understand and you get the sense that or you get the reasoning why they're not a real couple, traditionally speaking. I feel like it'd be wrong to say that they aren't though. It's it's a complicated argument that can only be solved by the fact that they they are real it's just that they are pretending i i don't want to call it the let's pretend to be a couple trope because this feels like a twist on that original trope and like what it's meant to be in other movies that use it or other movies that employ it they they use it for completely different and sometimes shallow reasons. It's either for gaining popularity, to make someone jealous, or there's just some material reward that becomes kind of useless after this person realizes that they actually know they've fallen in love. And then it's this whole thing. We don't get that here. Here, they use it to to help these two people deal with what is mutual heartache because they're both victims of the same crime. They've both experienced having someone you love that is very close to you at the level of a spouse because I've never had a spouse so I don't know what to compare it to but you know that person they both they've both had someone that they truly love betray them through adultery which is considered the biggest betrayal in marriage they they have to deal with that and the movie even shows us how much this betrayal or this affair between their spouses has affected them this is the loudest truck in the world my god <laughs> Yeah, they, we get to see how this has affected them. Like, we don't get to see the full extent, but you, you get a very clear picture that it hurt them a lot. And there's a scene where they're both in, um, I want to say a diner so bad, but it's probably just a restaurant, because in the 60s, diners weren't really a thing because all restaurants looked like that. And they're talking about... Um, the things that they have well not the, specifically they're talking about new clothing items that they have mr chow got a new tie that was like cool and exotic looking but it looked very familiar to mrs chan and then mrs chan had a handbag that like i think it was meant to be designer but it was from overseas and mr chow was like oh i've seen that before and 
watching it happen in real time or well, like in movie time heartbreaking stuff but you see that the realization happens quite slowly you just you watch it wash over their faces in that moment and it's so sad <laughs> so 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 sad um i can see where they got they were coming from with with this idea this this i don't want to call it a wild idea because in the in the context of what happens it's a na- not a natural response but it's a response that makes sense when you are when you are faced with the realization that oh snap my spouse is actually cheating on me it's actually so good i'm surprised hollywood hasn't tried to copy it in any which way which isn't an invitation for them to do so because i know they'll do it if you want to see a movie like this then simply just watch this movie it already exists for you to watch it and enjoy it the way millions have watched it and enjoyed it before you literally the only thing standing between you and hearing this wonderful story is subtitles please don't disappoint my man bang jun ho okay he worked way too hard for you to do this to him i've derailed i've lost my dream okay. so what do you do when you come to the realization that your spouses are cheating on both of you with each other still hard to explain there's no clear answer because it doesn't really happen that much to people and there there isn't there aren't many media depictions of what people in this situation should do you can comfort each other you can share the details of a good divorce lawyer between each other you can choose to hook up to spite them somehow and this pair they they had these options and they chose to do none of these things what they do is they try to find healing or should i say he- healing healing's the word they try to find healing in understanding why their spouses got to this point listen carefully from what we know and what we are shown in the story these two really really love their spouses they, they really do mrs chan on her side she works really hard to make sure he is always coming back to a home that is like structured or at least in order and she manages that while he's always away because he's always away just doing stuff out of town but while he's doing that she is there looking out for him at home base you know and when we get one shot or one image of us of of him it's with mrs chan kind of cuddling cuddling up to him during what i assume is a game of mahjong because that was all that they ever played it's it's this reassure it's this reassuring image that this woman loves this man it's all the information we need to kind of prove it and the same thing can be said for mr chao he actively tries 
to be there for his wife. Um, there's there's a time when he was planning a trip for her birthday, like he was talking about taking time off. He mentions her in conversation when he wants to buy her something new. Like he clearly loves Mrs. Chow. Of course, this isn't a full scale look into how either one of their marriages was. Nor is it probably even an honest one, and we don't need that. We just we are okay with the these indicators that show us okay they clearly weren't like heartless partners there was love here there was passion here there was devotion here and these are two very loving and understanding people that cannot wrap their minds around this betrayal so this thing that they choose to do this trying to understand the point of view of their partners they replicate in inverted commas the affair with their own narrative attached to it like they try really hard to see how did they get here because they're they're trying to make sense of it all and i personally i hear that like not that i know <laughs> but you do that when you get cheated on in a way you try to seek these answers to all the questions that may arise like okay why them though why not me what what is in this other person and what is it that they're doing better than i am doing most people stop at hypothetical questions mrs chen and mr chow go to an extreme length i would say with it there's points where mrs chen is like correcting what her husband would say and like what he would do to make sure he is being like represented in this replication there's time there's a moment where mr chow orders um his wife's favorite meal for mrs chan like down to specific side dishes and condiments that she would use like they're really working for it there's there's a time where they recreate and I kind of improvise what their first meeting was probably like. They work really hard to do this. And in their joint search for this healing and this understanding that they're looking for, it kind of turns on them because feelings emerge, which again makes sense. You you, you can't you can't be playing these kinds of games and expecting nothing to shake like they they obviously didn't just happen overnight or they didn't come out of nowhere it's it feels like this is this is fate working on what was already just low-key there i feel to this day i feel like these two were feeling each other from the very beginning Maybe it's just because um, the director has this thing for longing gazes and long and, and sequences of just like characters staring at each other. He does it a lot. But there was always this intangible thing. There was no hint or sign that it would get romantic anytime soon, but it was just always there, this intangible chemistry. I just I find it I find it interesting that they didn't 
they didn't expect this that they were like whoa i can't believe that this is what has happened because that's what happens when you spend enough time with somebody and you look longfully into their eyes often enough these these are the these are the recipes imagine for a moment that this the story took an alternate turn which is like i said kind of what 2046 is meant to be but imagine in this version that mrs chan and mr chow were the spouses that met that day that they met in the stairwell and they're the ones that fell in love that that initial meeting that stare down that they have on the stairs <laughs> the stare down <laughs> sorry yes that first meeting it would have kind of set the tone for everything else that that happens in the story and i think that would have been enough i think that would have worked really really well unfortunately story got a story and this one it it takes a different turn which leaves them in in a different sort of heartache than the one they initially were trying to work out now they're in this in this situation where they found themselves in love with the other person and it stopped at some point it stopped being about understanding their spouses i have a theory that mrs chan cracked earlier but she didn't say anything be- because mr chow was the one who voices his feelings first but like both of them i think they cracked kind of around the same time and it's very confusing and it's a very conflicting feeling that they can't even really celebrate or dwell on because it comes as a crushing realization because mrs chow see i'm already fucking it up mrs chan doesn't seem not even doesn't seem it's quite clear she's not ready to let go of her cheating husband yet like despite everything that's been going on despite where this little game of role play has found her she still kind of has that thing where she can't she can't let go and you see it during one of the little affair pretend role play things when they're sitting across from each other and mrs shan is trying to practice confronting her husband about the actual affair that's happening and she's using chao as kind of like her husband and she first gets frustrated at him because she feels like he wasn't acting the part of her husband enough but she she quickly just becomes frustrated with the actual person like she she clearly is just frustrated with with chao and it's no longer about this situation it's about the person in front of her who her feelings have become muddled for and i think that's what frustrates her the most about this it this the exercise that she initiated was meant to i don't know if maybe to bring bring clarity or prepare her for something that she eventually would have to do or even just bring her peace i don't know what the intentions were but it ends up making more of a mess than it had intended to at the end of it all they 
decide whether willingly or not. I think Mr. Chow gives her an ultimatum, which she obviously can't, she can't commit to because she's attached to this gent. Um, they decide to part ways at the end of it all, and they decide that that would be easier than all the other stuff that they've got going on. It, yeah, Mr. Chow just, he couldn't deal with the pain of it all. We don't get lots of insights into his emotional feelings about this entire thing, mostly just silent frustration or very loud frustration but never directed at mrs chan he'll be frustrated with everybody else but never that woman and that, that should say all you need to know but he he can't deal with the pain of it all and so he leaves for singapore the following year and we see that he's no longer with his wife whether they broke up or separated or whatever they decided to do we don't know but we just know that he decided that he couldn't live next door to her knowing that this thing was over so he left and we have that thing that they they have in the one that got away stories where there are hints that mrs chan tried to find him or she tried to contact him there were just points where they would always miss just miss each other none none of these points of contact or none of these contact moments were successful though which, yeah, and the movie just ends like that. We just never get that clarity. We never get that conclusion, which is fair. Normally, in our everyday, regular romantic movies, we, we see a couple like this, and by the end of it, they'd have defeated all the odds and just be together because that's what you want, consumers. You don't care about... The, the emotional standings, you don't care that life is unfair sometimes. When you watch a romantic movie, you want the world to just be fair for an hour and 30 minutes and for people to get their way, which is completely understandable. And I'm literally speaking from a greenhouse. But this ain't that kind of movie. I'm glad it's not that kind of movie here, especially here. Not only because it made this a very 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 sad movie for my 18 year old mind to take in i'm glad because i hate to say it, these weren't the foundations that i wanted this to start from on my personal grounds like from my perspective they were acting half of the time but there's points where we don't see it or we don't know, really notice when they've stopped acting and when they've just become themselves and it wasn't it wasn't never gonna work out because i feel like they were trying to fall in love or try and be i don't know romantically involved through another couple's journey and that will just never work forget that the couple in question that they're trying to copy is one that hurt both of them it's just, it was never gonna work. It, if they had started from afresh, if they had started with completely different backgrounds, maybe then. I just feel like love deserves a chance to exist outside of pain or outside of misery. And they would have to always remember this origin story or it will always be in thanks to this horrible thing. And I don't want that for them. I. 
I'd honestly want a fresh start where things could progress or not progress because that's there, not because it started this way. But what we do get is very beautiful while it lasts and it is really it is really comforting, I think, for the both of them at the end of it all. Loneliness <laughs> sorry. Loneliness has very few worthwhile solutions. Just very few. So I can understand and empathize with these two people who simply needed this break, this comfort and this closure. All because and in the name of the fact that they were in the mood for love. This break, this comfort and this closure. All because and in the name of the fact that they were in the mood for love. Likes and dislikes time. I'm sorry, I'm stretching. This is going to be a very short list, which is fair because I loved most everything. And also I've been talking a lot anyway, and I'm, re I'm really trying to cut down on these numbers. Likes. I really like how this was shot. As I said above, it feels like we are, as an audience, spying on these people. And we're not meant to be seeing half of these things as they happen, which I feel like it added to the drama of what they're doing. And like I said, it added to the message. But yes, the drama just, it was really, really great. There's also this idea of them having frames within frames that I found really, really cool. It happens subtly and it doesn't take your attention for away from the story and what is happening you still enjoy it and you find it beautiful in fact i think it makes it more beautiful because it puts focus on something that we would normally not notice otherwise and yeah really really love that again it'll be better explained or it'll be better it'll be better referenced in the video that i link below this I also do like how they there were very few scenes where we were in the characters' faces, like that thing where you it feels like you're the person in front of them. I really don't like that all the time, and I'm glad we don't we barely get it here. It's always off to the side, side profile, far away, hidden behind something, or just like plain old hidden, and that's great. The only people who I think got real FaceTime on the screen were Mrs. Chan and Mr. Chow, and it was about them. Again, character-focused stories, so I love that. I really liked this concept. Again, we don't see stories like this a lot. We barely see romantic movies that have tragic endings because everybody want to be happy, understandably. So it's great. It's refreshing to see. I think that all marriage-related movies are either horrible PR or they are more focused on a big wedding that's about to happen, which, which will always be the focus of the entire thing. And I'm glad that they, those movies exist, whatever, cool, but 
there are moments where you need a fresh take a fresh idea and this is one of them which is part of the reason why i appreciate foreign language films so much they don't really have to subscribe to what i think is the hollywood formula and so they're free to do wonderful and creative and sometimes unorthodox things in their movies and what a great payoff like this this beauty is all wonderful payoff of experimentation and i think it explores something so common in marriages but it makes it this dramatic masterpiece calls are so loud <laughs> anyway i also liked the score which i have not spoken about shockingly and the music um there's a specific song that plays when whenever mrs chan and mr chow are together but not just like any time they're on the screen together it's specific moments and they make sure to always play the song um i only found it because i was doing this it's called yemenji's theme i can't remember the composer now i've completely blanked but that's what it's called and i i will probably use it for this week's promo on ig so that you too can hear it but when you watch it you'll know what i'm talking about it's this very melancholic beautiful vanilla strings kind of song it literally sounds like misery but it's so pretty at the same time i like it i like it so much i think it's because it's a sad song but I, it's really great and um when you first hear it when they meet it's beautiful and it's cool and it's nice and then it just it narrates the slow decline of this relationship and then you're like okay this the meaning of this this song has changed but if that's not enough to convince you that the music is great there's also just genuinely lovely songs on the soundtrack like one there's a spanish song that i think is sung by nat king cole fantastic it's all very grand and wonderful and very appropriate for the time period that it is set in and also just like the general theme of what this is so wonderful wonderful oh i i can't believe i forgot to mention this at any point i like the colors i really like the colors that they used in this and how they're so not, not just bright and beautiful but they stand out but are also quite muted which is a very conflicting thing with color and they managed to do it really really well i heard in one of the video essays i watched that wong kao rai was inspired by alfred hitchcock's vertigo when he was making this which shockingly i have seen vertigo and when you when you compare both of them you'll see what you'll see what he sees and you'll see what he did differently to Hitchcock while still kind of maintaining that commitment to color so yes it was it's part of the reason why it makes it so beautiful is how how they've how they've chosen to use color in this and i think you should look out for that when you when you eventually watch it if you haven't dislikes <laughs> guys i don't know i don't know what to critique I'm so biased, but I, I honestly don't know. This 
this is just a really brilliant film i mean of course i don't like mr chan and mrs chow i hate <laughs> i hate the cheating spouses i just i don't we we don't see them enough for for us to really form any opinions about them which i think was deliberate but i strongly condemn their actions i do not like what they did um i do not like how they hurt my people so i can conclude that i don't like them it's a it's a fair conclusion to make but otherwise <sighs> what can i hate about this like please lovers please watch this movie and find critiques if you can maybe you're less biased than i am but i seriously i just i can't fault it this is the end of the show of course and can you believe it i've been talking for far too long and it feels like i'm speaking longer and longer as the episodes progress and it's probably not worth apologizing while i'm speaking for longer and longer but i'm formally apologizing for that because wow it's getting out of hand granted the apology kind of falls flat because 